Welcome to a life-transforming message from the Potter's View International Ministry. Our messages are heaven-breath, Holy Spirit-inspired, and destiny-changing for the transformation of individuals and society. As you listen, may you be blessed and positioned to take your place in life and be prepared for eternity. about God this morning, the almighty God, the one who kept you alive, the one who is your shield, who is your shelter, your refuge, your protector, your lifter. Father, we just say, Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you for the last Sunday in the month of February. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. 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 I don't know if you are here and you are believing God for a supernatural intervention. Thinking there is no other way. If God does not show up, I'm done for. Today I want to tell you that God will show up for you. In the name of Jesus. I don't know if anyone is here that thinks that shame is about reckoning and beckoning. I want you to know that the God of glory will appear to you. In the name of Jesus. 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 This morning, I want to first give you an overview of something that happened last week. Last week, we had um, the doctor said from Sunday service to Sunday clinic, and um, so we noticed that during the a thousand smells, we gave food, and um, we're also supposed to have done what they call it now uh, medicals, but we realized that a lot of people once they collected the food, they were done, and so we had so much of those drugs or medications available and um, we thought what was the best way to do it, we could not, I mean we're supposed to be a church, we're not supposed to be a dispensing unit so last week, and I just felt that you know what, let's just have let's have a doctor in the house so that the doctors can dispense, I mean the doctor saw almost 60 people, I don't know Abby, how many? Eh? 40 people Okay, so about 40 people. We saw about 40 people. And um, we utilized most of those medications last week. And it so happened that one of the people that he saw had a persistent case of hypertension. So, in fact, we had to tell the person, okay, come on Wednesday. The person came on Wednesday. And on Wednesday, we had to take a decision that, you know what, go and see, go to the hospital, the hospital that came to perform the um, medicals for during thousand smiles. And when he got there, they had to admit him so that they could bring down the blood pressure. I could tell you that 
they've not been able to bring it down since that day. And that's tell you as a church. So this morning, in fact, they said, okay, he will see, they will do echo for him tomorrow. They will, he will see the cardiologist. He will do that. I said, oh, God. The Lord will help us. Praise the Lord. So what's my feedback? My feedback is that let us take it easy. Is that okay? Let's do what? Tell your neighbor, please take it easy. Please take it easy. And tell your neighbor that I am proud of our church. You know, I mean, you just look at it. We're not here for what we can get. We're here for what we can give. And um, I'm so proud that we, t- we did that. I wish we could do more, two of us. But we could only do more if people pay their tithes and their offerings and invite people to do more, two of us. But I, I'm so grateful that God helped us with that intervention. The guy is not even in church today because he has not been released. In fact, yesterday when we were leaving Ikurudu, we called him. He said they said they were releasing him at 4 o'clock. This morning, on our way, we called the doctor. He said every time they want to release him, things spike up again. Then there must be something going on they want to check. And you know that guy was just walking. We were playing around the street and nobody would know what's going on. But we thank God. Tell your neighbor we thank God. Say we thank God. And the second part of our thanking God is that today is our welfare Sunday, true of us. And we said to ourselves, I said, how can we be a blessing to our, our community? If I announced it last week that we're going to be a blessing, this place will be full. And yet, our members will not be blessed. So we didn't announce it. But by the grace of God, no one will live here without, if you, deserve, if you need it. If you don't need it, you don't need to take it. Is that okay? If you, can, if you have it in your house, you don't need to take it. But you will take, you will take home something and you will not be hungry. Praise the Lord. So everyone, so the welfare department would, they would give out um, food stuff so that people in church will not be hungry. There's so much hunger in the land. But as long as God blesses Portersville, we would do our best. Is that okay? The Lord will help us. There's nothing else we can do then. We will do our best. Abby? We will do our best. It's the one we will do. We can't, we can't do more than our best. Uh, but we'll do our best. So, we didn't announce it last week and it was intentional. Because if you announced it, we will now come. Our members will not sit, the, uh, sit, the, sit, uh, sit, sit to sit down. It will now be story. But, is that okay? I hope I'm not selfish. Uh, so, the Lord will bless us in Jesus' name. And, in finality, I want to say a big thank you to the women in Portersville. When they said they should contribute so that people would be blessed, only the women contributed. The men didn't contribute. I said, no problem. This next motto, eh, it's only the men that will contribute. Only the men. If you like, hate me. But you will still contribute. You understand? I will just be a blessing to our generation. Praise the Lord. You know, there are times, the, not the thousand smiles. How many of you saw the video? I don't know what's happening to the projector. Maybe it deserves a, a new one. God will help us. We'll buy one new one soon. We gave a pack. 
Brother Samson, you're done. I gave the pack a bee to a woman. I started crying. What did she do? She was crying. People are hungry. But what, how can we intervene? We're not government, Abby. And we have not stolen money. We don't have stolen funds here. The only one we have is Titan offering. And we'll use it. Is that okay? The Lord will bless us in the name of Jesus. Please tell your neighbor that God bless you. Okay. Tonight, um, this, half, this morning, I'll be completing the Life Nearing series. I hope you'll be blessed by it. And one of our goals, when we want to do this Life Nearing series, is the fact that there are principles, there are things you must understand if you want to build a great and impactful life. And like I shared when we started, I said, if you are building a bungalow, you do not need to understand the laws of physics. True or false? But if you are going to build a skyscraper, you must understand the laws of physics. You cannot build a skyscraper without understanding how physics work, the laws of nature. Because for you to go up, you must first go what? Down. So, you, the deep, I mean, there are some places when you see them go deep down, it's not because they want to waste money. It's because they want to go high up. And what is not seen, what is buried, the foundation, is greater than what is even seen. You understand? There are some foundations that can take six-story buildings, where are there are only two-story buildings there. Because they imagine that if the need arises, they can take the building what, to the sixth floor. So the question is always very simple. If you are going to build your life, if you are going to build a life of impact, if you are going to build a life that is different from any other life, then there must be laws you must understand, you must obey, and you must, you must utilize. And those are laws, and all the laws are the laws of God given to us in scriptures. So we spoke about our assignment, we spoke about acknowledging God, we spoke about anchors last week, we spoke about different things. And I hope you have them. I mean, we give them free on, uh, what do you call it, on um, Spotify. So if you don't have it, please, before you go, just make sure you take it today. Praise the Lord. But today I'm going to talk to you about something, and I'm going to end this by talking to you about your affections. Your what? Your affections. Your affections is the greatest determinant of where your actions will be in life. If you like fufu, Whenever you smell fufu, what will, you go, what, will, what will happen there? You will go there, true or false? Because you like it. Because you just love it. But if you don't like fufu, no matter what happens to fufu, fufu cannot be a temptation to you, true or false? Because you don't like it. I mean, if someone don't, doesn't like something, then you cannot be tempted by it. Do you agree? But if you like something, then you can be what? Tempted by it. Your affections are so important that one day, Paul was writing to the Colossians church in Colossians chapter 3 from verse um, 1 and 2. He said, we should set our affections on things above, not on things beneath. It means that Paul recognizes that all of us have different sources of affections, but what kind of affection drives your life and drives my life? In fact, I always say to people that the difference in men are the difference in their affections, what they are actually pursuing in life. Praise the Lord. Some people will pursue book, true or false, because that's the affection. Some people will pursue music, because that's what? The affection. Some people will pursue football, that's the affection. Some people will pursue gossip, because that's what? That's the affection. 
I mean, some people, wherever you see them, you must know that gossip must flow around that area. You know, because that's affection. That's what, I mean, that's what God gave to No, no, I don't know. I don't even want to give God what I give to them. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, I'm saying to us now, you understand, your affections is a, it's, it's, um, it's one of those things that we need to understand. We need to, we need to sort out so that we can make sure that your life is one of impact. So Paul, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, what does he say? Anybody can read for us? Now, we need to get, we have, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what do you call this thing now? Projector. It failed us last week. It failed us again today. Maybe it needs an aburu. Or an egg so he says if you then were raised with Christ he said seek those things which are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God please give me verse 2 he said set your mind on things above can you give me the King James Version not on things on the earth set your affections on things above set your affections on things above set your affections on things above Today, today I want to talk to you about the fact that if I can make if I can determine where you set your affections on I can determine how great your life would be. Praise the Lord. If I can make you understand that these are the things you should set your affections on, I can determine how beautiful and great your life would be. So the King James Version says, set your affection on things above, not on things beneath. On things above and not on things beneath. Pottersville, it's time to let you know that if I cannot alter your affections, I cannot alter the trajectory of your life. Because the only thing that you will pursue, your desires, will be the things that you love. And what are the things you love? Your things that you love will determine the actions you will take. It will determine everything. And it will determine your destination finally. What are the things that you love? 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 If you want to be a great life, you want to have a great life, you want to have a great home, where should your affections be? If you want to have a great ministry, you have to have a great destiny, where should your affections be? And those are the things that I want to talk to you about. Look, by the grace of God, I don't want anyone present here, anyone who listens to me, to live an ordinary life. I don't want you to live a life of someone who just lived on this earth. I want you to be a difference maker. In fact, in Pottersville, we say that you must be a world changer. That you must change your world. Because the Bible says in um, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14, it says, you are the light of the world. It says, you are the salt of the earth. And it didn't say that you are the light of Nigeria. <laughs> it didn't say you are the light of your family. It said you are the light of what? Of the world. What does that mean? It means that your light should affect the entire world, not just your area of jurisprudence or your area of interaction. He says, you are the light of what? Of the world. You are the light of the world. It means that God is expecting that what happens to you should have an impact around the whole world. In fact, when I want to bless a guy, I tell him the blessing that one man gave to me. He said, as you see the sun, and everyone sees one sun, may your destiny and glory be seen by the whole world. You understand? And I said that to everyone in Pottersville this morning. I said, may your sun, may your life be like the sun, that the whole world will see it in the name of Jesus. I didn't hear your believing amen. Are you so afraid to say amen? It doesn't cost you money to say amen. It doesn't cost you money to say amen. Please, can you say believing Amen. Praise the Lord. How many sons are there in this universe? 
The same song you see in Nigeria is the same song in America, is the same song in Afghanistan, is the same song in Australia. It's not one song, one song. But that same song has an influence around the whole world. I'm believing God that your life, your life will have an influence around the whole world in the name of Jesus. You know, scripture says, through you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And Bible says that you and I, we are children of Abraham. Why are we children of Abraham? Because we are partakers of what Jesus finished on the cross of Calvary. He says, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Not the salt of Nigeria. Not the salt of West Africa. He said, you are the salt, not of your village. Of Anambra, of, of uh, Kogi. He said, you are the salt of the earth. Praise the Lord. He said, a city set upon a hill cannot be hidden. And I declare to someone that your life will never be hidden again in the name of Jesus. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about affections. So God is going to talk to you about affections. So let me just give you certain things before I conclude. Number one thing I saw about affection is that probably affections is the greatest determinant of the actions you will take in life. Of your actions or inactions in life. It's our affections. Your affections drive our emotions. It drives our actions and it drives our accomplishment. If somebody can help me read John chapter 14 verse 15 to 16. John 14, 15 to 16. He says, you, anything you do, what, your affections will determine the things you love. It will determine the actions you take or the inactions you do not take. Like I told you earlier on, you can only be tempted at the place of your affections. John chapter 14, 15 to 16. Praise the Lord. And the Bible says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Verse 16. He says, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. Now, so the Bible says that if you love me, if you are, if Jesus was saying that if you love him, then you will keep my commandments. So that means that your keeping God's commandments is what? Is, is based on what? Whether you love him. So if you don't love him, you will not keep his commandments. That's what it means. So if he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So if I love God, I will keep God's commandment. And what is his commandment? His commandments are not grievous. Praise the Lord. So, every action I take is a function of whether I love him or I do not love him. If I love him, I will keep his commandment. Oh, one of his commandments says that I will not forsake the gathering of believers. <laughs> it's his commandment. He said, do not forsake the gathering. It's his commandment. So, when you wake up in the morning and say, ah, I don't want to come to church. I don't or I can wake up and not come to church. You are forsaking the gathering because you do not love him. Praise the Lord. Have you seen a teenager fall in love? Then you know what love is. Praise the Lord. When you begin to know that a teenager is falling in love, you now begin to see that they now begin to get worried or he begins to get worried whether he uses a perfume or not. Before, bath, he will not bath. Wake up, he will not wake up. But all of a sudden, when you now begin to see that he's using perfume, then you know that he has fallen in love with someone. Because everything changes. His actions changes. Praise the Lord. My question, do you love God enough to keep his commandments? Do you love him enough to keep his commandments? If opportunities come for you to deny God, will you still deny him or you will keep his commandments? And Jesus said, if you love me, if you, affect, if you, if you love me, what happened? You will keep my commandments. One of the worst things to know is that we've raised a generation of people that do not love God. He says that if you love the Father, you cannot love the world. True or false? If you love the world, then the love of the Father is not in you. 
Because you cannot love the world and the Father at the same time. One of the greatest analogies of life is that you cannot look up and look down at the same time. Is that that you are looking up or you are looking down? You cannot look up and down at the same time, no. You cannot love. We, t- we did it. Uh, what, what, what series did we do? That you can either love God or you love the world. You cannot love the same. You cannot love the two of them. So if you are all about loving the world, you understand, wearing the latest Brazilian hair, wearing the latest um, gold and shoes and everything, it's fine. I'm not saying they're not good. But if you keep pursuing that, you cannot pursue the Father. Is that okay? Praise the Lord. Number two. We say our affections reveal who we are and whose we are. What did I say? Our affections reveal who we are and whose we are. Galatians chapter 5 verse 24. Our affections re- uh, reveal who we are. Praise the Lord. An Oyubo man cannot just see Pandediam and love it. Except he has associated himself with West Africa. True of us. But if you see, if a woman see leave grass, he will love it because that's who he is. Abi, they eat grass. Abi, vegetable. But we, we eat pandediam because we are Africans. So Galatians about four, um, five verse four. It says, "And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts." They that have Christ have crucified the flesh. It means one thing, that they that are not Christ have not crucified the flesh. So when you see people who haven't crucified their flesh, it is a function of the fact that they are not of Christ. That's why I said your affections will determine. It reveals who you are. It reveals, what are you, what do you love? What do you love? What do you, what, I mean, let me tell you something. I mean, there was a day we were fasting and praying here. And uh, Nigeria was playing the match. And I just realized that the people, the church, they didn't come to pray in church because Nigeria was playing the match. I was happy that Nigeria even lost the final so that everybody, so that, that you would, your, your heart, you will not be leaving service for, for football. <laughs> Amen? But what does your heart reveal to us that you are? If you, for instance, if you love, if you are, if you are after money, your heart it tells us that you're a greedy person in true of us and the amazing about greedy people is that greedy people are idolaters I told them in workers meeting this morning but you know the amazing thing a greedy person is actually being driven by the spirit of Satan why? because it was the spirit that drove Satan that even when, they had, when it was the anointed cherub it wasn't enough for him until he wanted to get the throne of God it was greed. It was greed that makes someone think that he needs to get more. One day, a man was sharing a testimony. It was a discussion he had with a billionaire. The billionaire said, "Oh, you wrote a book, your bestseller. I can, I can. All the money you make, I can give it to you in one in, with one check." The man said, "Yes, I know, but there's something I have you don't have." The billionaire said, "What do you have that I cannot buy?" He said, "You cannot buy enough." <laughs> he said, "I have enough." And the junior said, Yes. You know, because when you wake up and say, I have enough. I have enough. Do you know I realized one thing that the day you have more than one black shoe, one brown shoe, that's the day your headache starts. 
because you will not be thinking, should I wear brown? Should I wear black? Should I wear green? Should I wear, oh, what you want matching? And you not see that people wake up in the morning and they're angry. Why? Because they are taking too many, time, uh, too many minutes to make a decision of what to wear. I love Bishop Oyedipo. One day he said, you see why I wear white? He said, because I do not need to think about it. It's white is white. Anything goes with white. So he just goes. So he, just, he, just, he just makes that decision and he moves on with his life. But some of you, which ha- so you have different hairstyles for different clothes. The Lord will have mercy in Jesus' name. Number three. Your affections may grace you or ground you in life. What did I say? Your affections may do what? May grace you or what? John chapter 14 verse 21. John chapter 14 verse 21. Listen to what Jesus said when he was speaking to the disciples about the time he was about to leave. John 14 21. He said something to them. He said, he that had my commandment and keepeth them he, he it is that loveth me and anyone that loves me will be loved of my father and I will love him and I will manifest myself to him Jesus was saying one thing that whoever has affections for me my father will love him back and whoever my father loves my father will manifest himself to him what do you want in life? what do I want in life? it's not the manifestation of the supernatural that let God reveal who he is to us praise the Lord praise the Lord so Jesus was saying something. He said, if you love me, my father will love you. And he was saying that if my father loves you, he will reveal himself. He will manifest himself to you. Church, you need, I need the manifestation of the father. And that's why I said that he will either grace you or what? Or ground you. If you do not love God or love the father, what happens to you? The Father will not manifest himself to you and for you. And that means that your life will not be graced. I've told you before, if everything you bought, everything you have in your life are the things you bought with your money, your life lacks grace and favor. You must get to a point where people look at you and begin to bless you. And begin to understand that if I don't bless you, there's something wrong with me. Now, someone will even bless you, not because they like you, but they know that they are commanded to blessing you. Praise the Lord. And all it just starts with when men love God. You love him and he will command men to bless you. He said, is the heart of the king is not in his hands? He can turn it around to favor you. In our generation, you do not need to work out how your life would end. You need to work out who will manifest himself to you. Because the person who manifests himself to you, especially if God manifests himself to you, and you see his glory, you will never see shame again. And what else do you want? You want to see God manifest himself to you and for you. In your career, you want to see God manifest himself. In your business, in your marriage, in your home, in your family, in this church, you want to see the manifestation of God. And all that happens, let us love him more. Let, let our heart beat for Jesus. Let our heart beat for Jesus. Let our heart beat for Jesus. Do you know, do you know that a man can love you and play with you until the day you hurt his wife. And that's when you know that the love has a condition. True of us. Why? Because you have affected someone that loves him. Do you know that all God needs to cause a man eh, is the man to do something wrong against his lover. Someone that loves God and somebody looks at him and decides that 
you would you would want to do evil to him. God, the, the whole universe himself will just go against you. Why? Because you are going against someone that God loves. Can you be that person? Can you be that person that Jesus loves, that loves Jesus with everything in your heart? Let that be your commandment that let me love him with everything I have. And you will change the trajectory of your life. Is that okay? The fourth one. I will talk about when the fourth one will be. So I said, our affections will mold us or mar us. What did I say? Affections will mold us or mar us in life's journey. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 12 to 18. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 12 to 18. I want to talk about, and we'll look at Romans chapter 1, verse 28. Our affections, our affections. Because I want to talk to you about affections this morning. And my time is fast spent, so I have to rush now. Proverbs 3, 12. Proverbs 3, 12. Rakaseka, Rubaba. For whom the father loveth, he corrected. Even as the father, the son, he whom he delighted. Now verse 13. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. Verse 14. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things that thou desires cannot be compared to her. What I'm saying here is very simple. That if you love, if you love, if you love wisdom, what will happen to your life? Wisdom will give you long life and it will give you what? Riches. But you know, if you pursue riches with your life, you will never get riches. Riches will always be a mirage. But if you pursue wisdom, not only would you get riches, you will get riches and you'd also get what? Long life. So, <laughs> like, like I tell people, you understand, if you are, pers- if you are wise, I mean, God, may God help us. Let's not take foolish decisions in life. If God helps us, that times you understand there. Eh? I don't know. I, I'm not trying to belittle Rabbi's profession. One day I sent Rabbi, uh, what do you call it? Uh, someone he said, I cannot do cloth less than one million naira. Now, I think that's foolishness. So if every week you buy a cloth, a real cloth, and every party you go to, you have to sew a cloth one million, not the dress itself, just sew one million. You understand there? Eh? That means something. It means that you must make 52 million naira in a year. Or more than that, Abby, are you now telling me that someone who and there will be someone who makes who make fifty two million naira for the and for the rest of his life and his children's life they will never be poor again because of the way they will invest it? Wisdom is better. It's not just about the get. It's not about the getting. It's about the keeping. So you may get billions, but if you cannot keep it by wisdom, what happens? They will fly away. Now, but. If your affection is just, oh, let me show the world that I have arrived. What will happen? You keep spending money like that. You go to parties and you spray. I have told you, I was sharing with someone, the, uh, the workers this morning. I said, I was sharing with someone. One guy, in fact, he made so much money when he was in government. He, he bought a house for his girlfriend in a, uh, what do you call it? In a, in Lekki phase one. And they said, when the girl asked him, he said, Isn't, nah, Natasia will they enter the house. He now went to buy a Range Rover. People like that. He had so much money. He spent so much money. He said less than eight years after that, he was asking his friends for money. Let them contribute money for him. Your affections will either make you or ground you. Romans chapter 1 verse 26 to 28. He talks about the fact that... Let's look for Romans chapter 1 verse 26. He talks about the fact that that 
if you, if you have vile affections, even God himself will give up on you. If you have vile affections, God will give up on you. And I see that many people in church have vile affections. Not just the outside church, even in church, they have vile affections. So Romans chapter 1 verse 26, it says, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. Even for their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Praise the Lord. And verse 27 and 28. Praise the Lord. My time is fast spent. Let me just rush now. The Lord will help me in Jesus' name. Verse five, um, the fifth one says, Your impact in life will be as a result of your affections. Your impact in life will be what? As a result of your affections. Whenever you see people like Mother Teresa, what was their impact in life? Oh, Mother Teresa was such an impactful person because she, she, she wished, she, she loved the people that were poor. She did, I wanted to give them dignity. And it was, it was her life dream. And she gave herself to it. You talk about people like uh, David Livingstone. Oh, David Livingstone, we read about him. He was the one that gave himself so much for the eradication of slavery. And you and I are free today. Or oh, Martin Luther King, who said that there shall be no racial discrimination in America. They gave themselves some, it was affection. They wanted, they lost, they lost the cost that they could give themselves unto it. We will remember them today. Billy Graham, we remember Billy Graham. Why? Billy Graham loved souls. He was always impressed. That let souls come to God. Let souls come to God. Let me ask you. What do you love so much that you can give your life to? And your life for? If you have nothing that you love so much that you can give your life for, they can even die for. It means that I have not seen somewhere that you can make an impact in the world. It is very simple. You must love something so much that you can die for it. And when you can die for it, and let that cause be greater than yourself, then you know, then you will be happy in life. That will be how you will make an impact in life. Making an impact, ensuring that this world will not be the same just because you have lived in it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I have told you before, during the course of this, I told you, I said, I am not listening, I'm not following men who own 50 churches, 100 churches, 10 branches. No. I want to follow men. You understand that? Who turn their generation upside down. I've shared, I've shared, I'm going to share it again. You understand? <laughs> when, when Prince Charles was making, or King Charles was making that declaration, and was saying that he was swearing for the independence of the Church of Scotland, 500 years after John Knox died, I said, that's the kind of life I want to live. That he who has died yet is still speaking. Nobody in my generation has tried to pay that kind of price. We're just living. We don't have the kind of affection that we can make an impact. Let's live for a cause greater than ourselves. And until we find that cause, we will not make the impact that our... If, we will not make the impact that your destiny is crying about. And I know that your destiny is crying. It's not just about making money. What's about making money? What's about money? buying the... What do you call it? Uh, PJ. Have you not seen people buy PJ and still commit suicide? With all of this PJ, what would they do? They will fly. I have a friend. You understand? His father was one of the deputy... Uh, uh, leaders in Nigeria, let me not mention all of you will know him. He will drive from where we went to university, he will go to another town and drive back. Nothing to do with life, no ambition. But if you have something to die, to live for, you understand something that you know that if I do not give my life to this thing, this thing will not change, then, then you will live an ordinary life. But as you look, let me tell you something when this church started. I asked God, I do not want to be like other churches. It's not just come people who come and sing, hey, I love Jesus.
Jesus and you now go, you now be the same. I don't want that kind of thing. When we did, uh, what do you call it? When we did a uh, uh, thousand smile, this place was food. I said, that's not the kind of people I want to. You know the kind of people I want? I want the people that will change this generation. I want the people that will change this world. Those are the people. Are not, they're not people that are looking for food. No, they're looking for food that will make a difference in their lives. They'll make a, this world will not be the same because they bleed. You understand? I said, when the revival took place in Europe, you understand, they had the reformation of society. When the revival took place in Nigeria, we had criminals. After revival, we changed the, the society should be reformed. The society, our society was not reformed though. Our society became criminals. I was sharing with them yesterday. I said, if you go to Abuja, the people that will sit down with you, they'll be pastors and imam. They'll be sharing money. And they'll go to church on Sunday and on, on Friday as the leaders of their religious organization. No, I don't want to be, I don't want to be joined that kind of people. People that will turn this world upside down. <laughs> Acts of the Apostles chapter 17 verse 6. He said, he said, and they will dance to a different drum beat. They will dance to a different drum beat. They will not dance on that kind of... No, they will dance with... They, will, they said, they, where are those that have come? They are the ones who said Jesus is Lord. They did not follow what Caesar was saying. They followed Jesus. And can I, can God help me raise that generation again? Can God help me raise that generation? Men that will change this world. Men that will change Nigeria. Look, let me tell you something. Because of the darkness in Nigeria, it means that Nigeria is looking for light. True of us. Nigeria is looking for solution. Nigeria is looking for solution. The solution is not in what we have told them before. The solution is in the church. And until the church leaves it out, this church will be like them. So how would we be? We have to be different. We have to change it. But we have not seen people who, have, who, who love God so much to turn the world upside down. Who love God so much to turn the world upside down. I, said, I told my wife one day. I said, one day, David Brenham, I read, he was reading, he was praying. His wife said, come and sleep, come and sleep. He said, how can I sleep? Where's Scotland? Uh, Where's Scotland is, uh, is not yet safe. You understand? And every day you and I will sleep. And we'll come and say, Nigeria is bad, Nigeria is bad, Nigeria is bad. It's not because you and I are sleeping. Come and sleep. Let us pray. Let us hold this land down. Let God begin to judge men. Let them begin to see them as they enter government, they begin to die if they steal money. Then they will know that there's judgment. They will come to church. They will come and look for pastors. I will tell them, give your life to Jesus. And when they give their life to Jesus, you will see that things will turn. It is because they are enjoying their loot. That's why they see they are still doing it. And they are enjoying their loot because the way they come at church, I come and give us uh, 1%. We will say, ah, they are done well. Oh, God has answered my prayer. Let's leave that side. Praise the Lord. The difference in men is where they set their affections. I've told you before, Colossians 3, verse 2, Paul said, you know, some, people, some, people's, some people's affections are on earthly things. True or false? They'll always pursue earthly things. But some people's affections are on heavenly things. They'll pursue heavenly things. If your affections are on earthly things, you understand that you are someone that money can buy. But if your affections are on heavenly things, they are someone that money cannot buy. I want to believe God that God will raise up a generation of men that money cannot buy. That will stand up from any table where, where greed, where immorality is discussed and say that I cannot, I cannot do this and sin against my master. And they will stand up and they will leave. Those men does not necessarily need to be poor. Poverty is not a function of whether you stand up from a table. Poverty is a function of whether you deliver value or you don't deliver value. And if God gives you the ability to deliver value, you do not need to beg any man. I mean, God may give us mind things that will make us deliver value in our generation in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. May God give us things that will make us deliver value in our generation. Now, the seventh one I wrote here, I said, your affections will determine if 
will define if our lives will be defined by his duration or by his donation. You know, there was a Methuselah in the Bible. The Bible said he lived for how many days? Huh? About 700 years, about 800 years. But there was a Jesus Christ in the Bible that lived for how many years? 33 and a half years. And in Jesus Christ, we have the world divided into two. Pre-Jesus and post-Jesus. Two of us. When you see AD and BC, it's pre-Jesus and what? Post-Jesus. <laughs> the BC is before Christ. Abby? After Christ is what? AD. So, Jesus divided the world into two by his lifestyle, by his life. So, if Jesus divided the world into two, the Bible says, let me say something to you. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that. The Bible says that greater works would you do. You understand that Jesus did because he goes to the Father. If Jesus divided the world into two, you understand that by his actions, that means that if you and I do not define or divide our existence, the world, our existence into two, before they met us, before pre chaotic and post chaotic then we have not lived a great life. Finally, our, our uh, affections will determine our pursuit. Your pursuit will always be a proof of your affections. Jesus' affection was for the will of his father. Jesus loved the father so much. They asked him, he said, my, will, my food is to do the, is the will of my father. At Calvary's cross, they offered him a way out. He said, no, not my will, but yours be done. Let me ask you, whose will are you pursuing? Your will or the father's will? If you love the Father so much, then you pursue His will. But if you love yourself so much, it's your will you will pursue. What does your affection tell me? Does it pursue the will of the Father or your will? If all of us here are pursuing our Father's will, would Nigeria start to change? But if, if, if all, now listen, if all of us here are pursuing the Father's will, would Nigeria start to change? But if all of us here are pursuing our will, what will happen to Nigeria? So the question is, by by the way Nigeria has been and the way you have been, which will have you been pursuing? So your affections tells me that whether you do not want the will of the Father to prevail. Today, I want God to raise up men who love the Father so much that they will live for Him. And because they live for the Father, their lives will be different. Can I have fathers live for the father and their homes will be different can i have mothers live for the father and their homes will be different can i have children live for the father and their lives will be different can i have entrepreneurs live for the father and their, li and their lives will be different can i have workers in offices in government live for the father and their lives will be different can I have God raise up men who will live for the will of the Father? Whose affection is to do the Father's will? Uh, affections is so affected Jesus such that Jesus was in heaven and he decided that he was going to come and die on the cross for you and I. Why? Because he loved the Father so much and he wanted the Father to be restored back unto men. I want to ask you, what do you love? What does your affection tell us that you love? <laughs> what does your affection tell us that you love? Money? Power? Possessions, place. What does your affection tell us that you love? What does your affection tell us that you love? What does it tell us that you love? May God may transit everyone of present here from earthly affections to a heavenly uh, affection in the name of Jesus. From temporary affections to what? To, to, to eternal affections. I don't know about you. Whenever you, I let me just use this example. You know, you want to buy a car, you love a car. All of a sudden, you buy a beautiful car. You love the car. 
after two, three months, what does the car do to you? You begin to feel empty with the car. The car does not appeal to you again. You want a bigger one. You want a better one. There's nothing earthly that was created to satisfy you. Your affections were not meant to be satisfied by earthly things. It's an abuse that makes you think that earthly things will satisfy you. When you see men under addiction, it's because they are abusing things that were not meant to satisfy them. Addictions could be anything. It could be whatever it is. Abusing it because you think that's your satisfier. No, it's only God that's your satisfier. May God raise up men and women again in our generation that will love him, that will love the Father. Whose heart will only beat for the Father? Whose heart will be to do the Father's will? Who will wake up in the morning and say, Oh, how I love you, Jesus. And who, because of Jesus, will say no to what others are saying yes to? I will say yes to what others are saying no to. Who, because of the love of the Father, will decide that they will not dance to the drum that every other person is dancing? Who, because of the love of the Father, will decide to pay the price necessary that the name of the Father will never be put to shame. If you love the Father and you know they call you pastor in the office or, or reverend or, or bishop in the office and you get to the office and you begin to use office time to use it to other things, do you know you have abused the name of the Father? Do you know you have abused the name of the Father? People will say that no, 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 no. If you are a Christian, I will not go to that church. If because of you, people have not come to Pottersville, does that tell you that you have glorified Jesus? Does that tell you that you, have, that you love him? Does that tell you how much you love him? Does that tell you how much that you can be used of him? What does your affection tell us? What does your affection tell us? Some of you, your affection is for Nara Bet. Some of you, your affection is for Naja Bet. Or Bye-bye, Jim. Your affections. Today, may God change our affections in Jesus' name. And once he changes it, he will change our lifestyle. And you know the amazing thing? And once he changes that, the, your affections, he changes the trajectory of your life. And as you begin to change the trajectory of your life, you begin to see that your life is more impactful. And it means your life is more valuable. And your life will be more desirable. Then you will become everything God created you to be. Because that's our dream. And that is what your destiny is crying out for. That you'll be everything God created you to be. We hope you've been blessed with this message. For more of such life-transforming and destiny-impacting messages, follow us on all of our social media handles on Facebook and YouTube, Pottersville. On Instagram, the Pottersville Church. Thank you and God bless you.